Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. We witness the pain of the crucifixion just as the women witnessed it from afar. They must have felt Jesus' pain. And in that achingly beautiful music we've just heard, we hear Peter speaking as he runs away, having denied Jesus. He says, have mercy on me, I weep bitterly. He feels not only the pain of Jesus, who he wanted to support, but also his own pain, as he sees his failure in denying Jesus to the people in the courtyard. Before the cock crows thrice, you will deny me twice. And as we look into our world, we have the feelings of both the women and of Peter. We look on and see the pain that people are experiencing all over the world, in Ukraine, in Yemen, and in all the war zones that exist. And yet we somehow feel helpless, as Peter did, that we're not able to do more. We're complicit in the suffering as we see it from afar, removed as both Peter and the women were. And yet we shouldn't invalidate our pain. It has value in that it's the way that we can engage with what's going on. Having the pain as we sit and watch is the way we can empathize and feel with those who are suffering. And our willingness to feel that pain can become a portal to wisdom appearing within us and showing what to do next. As the Tao Te Ching says, do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water's clear? Can you remain unmoving till right action arises by itself? Our willingness to feel with the things that go on in the world is not meaningless. It's not something to be turned off or drunk away. It's how the mud settles in us and the water becomes clear. It allows right action to arise by itself. Now, that action might not be going off to Ukraine to help, but it might be something else giving in some other way, helping in some way, being a part of the solution rather than the problem. The women watched from afar, the women who'd cared for him. And it was the women who first saw the resurrection. They knew. They went through the pain with Jesus and they remembered that he'd said that there was new life after the pain. Peter also went through his pain and when he witnessed Jesus after the resurrection, he was also able to follow Jesus in his way. Feed my sheep, Jesus says to him as he appears to him on the lake shore. We too have to stay with the pain that we feel when we see others in pain. Our pain will lead us into some way healing their pain. Painful images for us to see as... We see them every night on television. 
But it's important to remember that this pain is happening all over the world. We focus on what we see on television, but there is much happening that we do not see. If you look at wars between 2020 and 21, those with casualties above 10,000 people include Afghanistan, Ethiopia, the civil war, and Mexico with a drug war, Yemen with a civil war, and in the category between 1,000 and 10,000 people killed every year, you've got Algeria, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Chad, all terrorist insurgencies, Colombia, De uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, Iraq, Libya, Mali, Mozambique, Myanmar, Niger, Nigeria, South Sudan, Syria, Tanzania, and Tunisia. All those going on. And we don't see most of them. And the pain is also in the eyes of those refugees, those countries. If you look at those countries who are receiving refugees, and that gives you the numbers of refugees that are around at the moment, Highest one is Turkey, who in the last year have received 3.7 million refugees. Jordan, 2.9 million. Lebanon, 1.4 million. Pakistan, 1.4 million. Uganda, 1.1 million. Germany, a million. Iran, 979,000. Ethiopia, 921,000. Sudan, 908,000. And Bangladesh, 906,000. That's 16 million people on the move to find safety and shelter. And of course, there are also the effects of climate change, the pandemic, and hundreds of other causes of pain, including worldwide grinding poverty. We quite literally live in a world of pain, some of which we're able to see and empathize with on television, some we never see. It's not something to beat ourselves up about, but it's something that we should be aware of. And we should know that we are a part of that world of pain. We have our own pain. And we are complicit both in the cause of the pain of others and also in the relief of pain. We're not separate from it. We're within the world and our awareness is what empowers us to act and to do something about it. What we might do will come to us in the wisdom of our hearts and the, and the gateway to that wisdom is our willingness, as I said, to engage with pain rather than to ignore it or, or sweep it under the rug. In the crucifixion, Jesus was engaging with his pain. He allowed himself to be tortured and crucified and then he showed us how to respond when that pain comes. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not what they do. He didn't blame. He said that those causing the pain did so out of ignorance. They don't know what they're doing. Our role is not to blame. Our role is to educate. And about what should we be educating to lessen all this pain? I think the problem comes down to a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature of reality.
although not misunderstood by everyone, the majority of the world believes that as individuals, as communities, and as nations, we're separate from one another. And this is a perspective created by our rational minds. In all humanity, the rational mind has built into it a DNA of survival, a survival response that makes the individual believe that they're separate from their surroundings and therefore must compete with their surroundings in order to survive. The individual human being is therefore programmed to, commit, to compete on the individual level, on the level of family and friends. I want me and mine to have the best. We know that. On the, race, on the level of race and ethnicity, on the level of local communities and on the level of nation states, everyone identifies with me and mine in order to band together against the others. And we even include the planet in that. The planet is seeing as something that we can get things from. We're separate from it. Therefore, me and mine are more important than that. This idea of separateness, though, is wrong on almost every level. It's not just seeing things in a misplaced way, it's wrong. Wrong from the late Old English word rang, which means awry and unjust. It's wrong on the level of individuals because individuals are not separate from each other. They all come from the same primal consciousness that's been nurturing life since the Big Bang. When you're born, you inherit a share of that consciousness. It was there before you were born and you emerge into it in birth. Yes, you have a rational mind that interprets that consciousness, but that's all it does. It develops ideas and opinions about that consciousness. And one of the ideas it develops for survival is that you're separate. This is untrue. I look out from the same consciousness that you look out from. We're all looking out from a different perspective. The history of spirituality teaches us that consciousness is one and that all that's material emerges from that consciousness. Consciousness is both the, dr the driver of both evolution and creation. I'm not really going to argue about that here. It's been the basis of reality that this chapel has been exploring for the last 50 years. But as a reality, it makes the concept of separateness wrong, awry and unjust. And then this leads to the way we behave to others. The guru once said, how do we look after others? The guru was asked, how do we look after others? To which the guru replied, there are no others. Once you embrace the concept that you're not separate from others, then the growth and well-being of others becomes your own growth and well-being. It's no longer about me and mine. It becomes about us and ours. And the place where we act out of this reality, the place where we act it out, is in the present moment. The present moment, as Thich Nhat Hanh said, is our home. We're given it to pour our love into the world. And behaving in any other way is awry 
and unjust. So me and mine has no place in this loving home of the present moment. Knowing this, we can see how politicians are actually making decisions from the false perspective of separateness. That the whole idea of separate nations is built on a false perspective. Fighting for me and mine against so-called others is not just a bad idea, it's awry and unjust. But let's just take it out of the metaphysical realm. We also know that all of us are completely independent of each other. A few weeks ago, I quoted from Sogol Rinpoche's Tibetan book of Living and Dying. And he says, nothing has any inherent existence of its own when you really look at it. Think of a tree. When you think of a tree, you tend to think of a distinctly defined object. And on a certain level, it is. But when you look at it more closely, you can see that ultimately it has no independent existence. When you contemplate it, you find that it dissolves into an extremely subtle net of relationships that stretch right across the universe. The rain that falls on the tree, the wind that sways it, the soil that nourishes and sustains it, and all the seasons and the weather, moonlight and starlight and sunlight, they all form part of the tree. As you begin to think about the tree more and more, we discover that everything in the universe helps to make the tree what it is, and that it cannot at any moment be isolated from anything else, and that at every moment its nature is subtly changing. This is what we mean when we say things have no independent existence. And as with the tree, so we are all interdependent with each other. Dependent on plants and animals, on the weather, on nature, on the planet. And to say it differently is awry and unjust, wrong. China's problems are our problems, and our problems are China's problems. And if you, you disagree with that, just look at the pandemic. For countries to be worrying about territorial uh, claims, security, economic prosperity, pride and empire is awry and unjust. It's wrong. And the leaders of those countries are wrong because their rationale is wrong. They are fundamentally interdependent with everyone and everything else, and that includes the planet. When we start thinking this way, we'll be able to solve the problems of the world. While we're thinking of our own survival, we won't. And how does that relate to you and me? Well, we don't choose to live in the times we live in. We can only choose how we respond. And we, all, we live in times that demand us to respond, if nothing else, but for the spiritual well-being of all people. We have to be responsible for the education and spiritual well-being of our people. And that includes all people being fundamentally harmed by wrong-headedness. They do it. They do not know what they do, Jesus said. By the spiritual immaturity that sees separateness where it should be seeing interdependence. That, seeing, that sees threat where it should be seeing an opportunity to serve where the individual wants to lay blame for pain rather than take his or her pain and transform it with love. The planet is our home. Until we take responsibility for the spiritual education of our people, 
to be responsible for the spiritual well-being of the people we live in, the times that we live in now, then we'll continue to live in a planet that is a world of pain. Those of us who have had this insight into the nature of reality need to base our actions on that insight and not on the general agreement that keeps things the way they are. That's why we exist as a community, to bring that insight to others and so to stop the pain. We are all part of that evolution of consciousness. Our role is to bring some sanity, from the Latin word sanus, meaning health, to bring health to the unhealthy thinking that drives world leaders and those who support them. Only then will we be able to experience our planet as the loving home that it is. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.